Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I am Robert Kane. And I'm Rick Grumlick. What's up, Big Daddy? Back in the studio, back in the saddle. Same studio. Same, same saddle. Saddle. And Jimmy's here again. Jimmy's here again. That's <laughs> Jimmy! what I was getting at. Jimmy same Alexander. parties involved. So, um... Yeah, I don't know when this is falling. It's the next episode, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I believe so. So if you listen to the last episode, this is Jimmy Alexander. Jimmy is um, co-planting with myself along with Ron Wallace. Jimmy is licensed pastor in the Christian Missionary Alliance. He, um, in the last episode, shared about his testimony, what God has done in his life, and his heart for drug addicts and starting Lazarus Life Ministries. However, we're going to shift gears a little bit. We've got a special episode coming your way on... Dispensationalism. Dispensationalism. This, so, this was a request back in like September. It was. September. Let me read it. Let me Rob, read it. Hey, Rob, can you read that? Um, not September. October. Oh, man. Um, let's see here. Hey, you can talk. It's fine, Jimmy. Nope. Sorry. Actually, it was September. Yeah, I was looking at the wrong one. Okay, so look. Here, Preston Esco. Thank you, Preston. man, for uh, reaching out to us. However, we will qualify this by, no, by saying n- none of us. Not any three of us are experts on this topic. Jimmy actually is. That's why we brought him in. Yeah, exactly. So, Jimmy has a PhD in dispensationalism. So we took a while to, to answer this question, but Pre- Preston said dispensationalism would be awesome. He's asking mm-hmm. us to talk about that. So he said it would be awesome? Why don't you just read it? Well, it says, what do you want to talk about? Mm. And then his response was, dispensationalism would be awesome. Oh, context matters, hey? Yeah, yeah. it certainly does. Remember that when reading the Bible. Um, anyway, so we are here to talk about dispensationalism. Yes. Be- what, what was that? Uh, nothing. What was that? <laughs> you know when you're a kid? Not a kid, but like in high school, and the whole like context matters, and like how grammar matters. You know, they say words, like the same words, but put the different um, emphasis. It changes how you say yeah. things. That's why like when you say, you know, dispensation would be awesome, it's different than answering a question rather than a statement. Mm, I see. Just got something popped in my head. It was funny. Context matters. Context matters. It's kind of like that example that people give about the importance of commas. Like, it's time to eat, Grandma. I think I'm just literally talking about But Yeah, this is a funnier example. So if you don't put the comma after eat, then it looks like it's time to eat, Grandma. Let's eat, Grandma. (laughs) Eat up, baby. (laughs) But you put the comma, then you realize you're talking to her. Yeah. Okay, so we are here to talk about dispensationalism. And to qualify, I'm not a dispensationalist, so I don't know a ton about it. Um, I've dabbled here and there, Rick. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I don't yeah, think you are. I, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a dispensationalist. You can't put me in that camp. Um, I, I don't want to say I'm a no bad, a nomad. A like, no bad. I'm a no bad, no bad cookies. Um, you can't put me in a camp right now. I'm wandering. Still, so the closest digging. person at the table to be a dispensationalist, and that's still a decent ways away. But the closest is Jimmy, and that's why Jimmy's going to share some of his thoughts on this as well yep and, and we will let jimmy go ahead and talk about this um and jimmy you can kind of qualify however you want to but you've got some notes here we'll, we'll we'll give some and jimmy maybe you will be the one to do this to give some more resources on where you can learn more about this so that, like for instance there's just to give some context there's been a long debate between covenant theology and dispensationalism and there's other ones in there like new covenant theology progressive dispensationalism progressive covenantalism which is the camp that i actually fall in but there's all kinds of different ones well, what do you fall in it's called progressive covenantalism there's a book by stephen wellen you can mm-hmm. look at that or you could look at his book with peter gentry kingdom through covenant but jimmy if you could provide some resources as well that would be really helpful for the listeners yeah. because we're not trying to tell people like which one to believe 
we have our opinions, but this isn't isn't necessarily something like yeah gospel. Like you right, have to. Yeah. So, so so I realize we're a few minutes in this. Back up a, a minute. We're talking about dispensationalism and covenantal theology, and we'll get into this in the definition. But these are just ways that we kind of systems we use to interpret the Bible. Yeah. So um, we give them the right value, the right weight, and that it's good that we understand kind of how we view all of Scripture, and there's systems to that. If you're not familiar with that or if you're not familiar with systematic theology, those kinds of things, it can sound not very spiritual when you say there's a system to interpret the Bible. Um, but it's just how people have interpreted how they read the Scripture to be, and there's different camps on that. Um, so we all agree on the inerrancy of Scripture, we all believe that this is God's word. It's for us. Um, it's perfect. It's righteous. It creates holiness in us. So, with that understanding, we then head into the conversation of dispensationalism. Yeah, and so let me give a definition, and then Jimmy, I'll pass it over to you. Sure. So, here's the definition from um, I believe it's I like Baker's. How you did it. The guy who's not a dispensationalist is going to define it, and then kick it off to the guy who is to clarify. <laughs> well, well, it's done. not my definition. I I actually, I actually read the definition to Jimmy, and he said, that's a good definition. I know. So, just so that's on the record, Rick. <laughs> Dispensationalism, here's the definition. Here we go. An evangelical framework for constructing theology that employs the concept of dispensation, hence the name, as its organizing principle. Related to the Greek term oikonomia, or, or oikonomia. I took Greek. I should be able to say that easily, but I didn't. Related to the Greek term oikonomia, dispensationalism in its classical form, 19th to mid-20th century, featured seven dispensations. Innocence, conscience, government, promise, law, grace, and finally kingdom slash millennium. Three other varieties are ultra-dispensational, revised dispensational, and progressive dispensationalism. Some of the key tenets, there are four of them, are a literal interpretation of Scripture while accounting for figurative language. Number two, different divine purposes for Israel and the church, with the latter not replacing the former. Number three, blessings for ethnic Israel that are both political or national and spiritual. And number four, premillennial eschatology with a pre-tribulational rapture of the church. Jimmy, take it away. That's good. I like that definition. That was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. But it gives a good framework. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, People can skip past it if they want. Can we put that definition in the show notes? Uh, I think we can make that happen. Let's make that happen. Yeah. And I'll I'll unpack that definition a little bit uh, to try to put it in more simple terms. Um, This is simple theology, so we would appreciate that. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think starting off with talking about dispensationalism, I think the first thing we need to to talk about is the misconceptions of dispensationalism. Uh, so people who are anti-dispensationalists or opponents uh, to that will say that dispensationalism teaches a multiple ways of salvation. Um, dispensationalism in its, in its traditional form does not say that. Um, also, some people believe that dispensationalism means cessationism, um, that the gifts of the Holy Spirit have ceased. Um, that is not true also as well in its original definition. Um, Dispensationalism is a tricky, uh, it's kind of a hard concept to look at. And if you've you've Googled dispensationalism, you actually see in the search, if you just put the word dispensationalism, one of the first pop-ups is dispensationalism heresy. Oh, wow. Is what pops up. Um, And if you look online, there's all types of different varieties of dispensationalism. There's so many different sects and um, 
different different views and stances. There's classical, traditional, hyper, progressive, uh, mid-axe, dispensationalism, ultra-dispensationalism. So um, what I'm going to define is just the traditional, classical, uh, the original thought behind dispensationalism. Uh, so next, I, I want to talk about the history. Where did it come from? How, how do we get this system? Who, who came up with this mm-hmm. idea of, of theology? Uh, the origin of it, um, of, of arranging the divisions of biblical history, dates back, uh, some would argue, to Arrhenius um, during the second century. Um, other Christian writers have offered their own ar- arrangements uh, of history, such, of, su- such as Augustine. Um, but many Protestant and Calvinist writers also developed uh, theological divisions of history. So the idea of dispensationalism has been around for a while, but it wasn't really defined or labeled as dispensationalism until John Nelson Darby mm-hmm. in the uh, 1800s. Uh, he strongly influenced the, the Plymouth Brethren uh, of the 1830s in Ireland and England, uh, the original concept came when Darby considered the implications of Isaiah 32 for Israel. So he was reading through Isaiah 32. Uh, he was meditating on it. He was studying the grammar behind it. And he realized that this means when, when God is talking to Israel, he came to the conclusion that he means Israel. He's talking to Israel. Um, so he saw that prophecy required a future fulfillment and realization of Israel's kingdom. Uh, So the New Testament church was seen as a separate program, so to say. It's not related to uh, that kingdom, Israel's kingdom. So um, before we go into defining that a little bit more, um, I want to talk about the influence that dispensationalism has has had. Uh, It's definitely encouraged many people uh, to premillennialism. So in regards to meaning Christ's literal, physical, thousand-year reign on earth. When he returns, um, he will establish his kingdom. Um, and in this nation, um, or in this event, the nation Israel plays a major role, and they regain a king who is Christ, a land, and an everlasting kingdom. Uh, I think it's also important to note that uh, Israel has uh, allied with U.S. evangelicals, and a majority of them were dispensationalists that actually influenced the U.S. foreign policy, uh, including protection for the Jewish people in Israel mm-hmm. um, and continued aid for the state of Israel. So that's just kind of a, a cool fact in there. Um, that Yeah, and, and dispensationalists are, um, historical dispensationalists is premillennial, pre-tribulation rapture. So Christ will rapture out his church. And some people call that a, a secret rapture just this rapture before the seven years of tribulation and then after that there is the premillennial earthly reign of christ on the earth which fulfills a lot of those prophecies that that israel that spoke about about the, the people of israel yeah which we talked a little bit about that i think in our mailbag episode right uh yeah we talked is about pre-millennial talked about all mill and post mill yeah so if you want to go a little bit deeper into that you can always check out our mailbag episode there's a little bit more explanation mm-hmm. but yeah 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 but hey so quick question so the the left behind books are known as like some uh, has dispensational thought do you know what camp they would fall into like in which one like ultra or revised or do you have any idea i have, I have I think okay all, I, I was just thinking that dispensationalists fall under the pre-trib pre-mill no i would banner yeah but i was just trying to talk about like some of the more intricate details of 
of the Left Behind series because that was a huge series. Yeah, I don't remember. I, didn't, I think I watched one. I didn't watch any or read any, but Danielle mm-hmm. did, and a lot of the people that that I know it have. Was just, it was just all the drama around what if like millions of people just evaporated. That yeah. was really what they're about. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no cock, there's no flight pilot Who's in the, the cockpit. There's no driver for the yeah. bus. You know, yeah. then the chaos ensues. It's just an apocalyptic, you know, kind of a movie thing. Gotcha. Who's the main character in that? Uh, the, the the guy. He's in everything. Nicholas Cameron. Cameron. Nicholas. Nick, that well, is that's Nick a new Cameron. one. But the oh. old ones years ago. It was, no, not Kirk Cameron. Kirk Cameron was in a lot of those, I think. Yeah. Maybe, but I was thinking Nicholas Cage. That's who I was thinking. But that's a recent. I feel like one. that guy's in everything. Yeah. You think so? I don't think he's a very good actor. I'm yeah. Not, I I like him in, um, National Treasure. Yeah, that's I was gonna say it. that's the first thing that came to mind when I thought of good movies that he was in. Oh, yeah. Left Behind, Left Behind 2, Tribulation Force, Left Behind World at War. Yeah. Kurt Cameron, which one's, which one's he? He's in? Left Behind. He's in all of them? He's in the one that says Left Behind. Came out um, 2000, PG-13. Oh, yeah. I feel like I need to watch these. I haven't seen them yet. Yeah. Rotten Tomato, what do you think it has? Uh, like an 8%. 16%. Wow. Ooh. You didn't even let Jimmy guess. No, Jimmy's going to get the IMDb. What do you think it is? Out of ten. Twenty. One, <laughs> that good, one, huh? one to ten. <laughs> Three. Four point six. Oh, there you close. go. Left behind. Yeah. So yeah. I don't have this that so back to the point is that some of that left behind We don't know where it stands on that paradigm. But it's just yeah. that that kind of like entertainment aspect of the pre tribulation. Christ comes back before the seven years of tribulation. I think some of those movies actually talk about living in the tribulation, what that would be like. But anyway, Sorry, Jimmy. No, that's all right. We totally went off there. I completely blame Rick. Go ahead. (laughs) That's good. If uh, before I forget, I want to recommend if you're if you're just interested in knowing um, a good approach, a good resource for uh, dispensationalism, Mm -hmm. uh, Charles Ryrie, Mm -hmm. um, Dispensationalism Today is what it's called. Okay. Uh, great book. Um, he's very honest. He's very, very, uh, he does a great job in uh, just describing this view. Um, he could he could definitely say a lot more than what I'm even saying here. Charles Ryrie, I'm putting this down for the show notes. Yeah, Dispensationalism Today. Dispensationalism Today. Cool. And then if you also have, I think I have an old Ryrie study Bible, um, but those will also give you some good understanding yeah. as to some of that. Uh, understanding your thoughts so yeah um so moving on to the definition um just to kind of unpack that uh and i know that that rob uh read um a a good definition but i want to kind of put it in simple terms um there's a verse in isaiah uh, isaiah 28 24 uh it says when a farmer plows for planting does he not plow continually does he keep on breaking up and working the soil when he has leveled the surface, does he not sow the caraway and scatter the, the cumin? Does he not plant wheat in its place, barley in its plot, and spelt in its field? His God instructs him and teaches him the right way. All this comes from the Lord Almighty, whose plan is wonderful, whose wisdom is magnificent. So the, the idea of interpreting the Bible in uh, a dispensationalist way is understanding that God, from, from the beginning of creation— all the way until uh, the the coming kingdom, the reign of Christ, that God is is unfolding uh, 
it's like he's got this huge wrapped up rug of his glory, his plan, his his mysteries. And throughout history, he keeps rolling it back and he keeps rolling it back and he keeps rolling it back. So all the way from Genesis and through through the whole Bible, God is is progressively revealing himself for his own glory. And that's the idea behind it. And so we can see even in Genesis, even after the fall, we, we, we see it in the flood. We see it with the law given to Moses. We see it with the nation Israel. We see it in the new covenant. Uh, we see it throughout that God, through different periods of time, has progressively revealed more of himself throughout history. And that's the basic idea of dispensationalism, that God has, has progressively given this revelation. Um, so... Uh, dispensationalism is interpreting history and also prophecy in the Bible as well. Mm-hmm. So the dispensational approach recognizes that God's revelation is progressive and cumulative, but it's primarily, it's an eschatology issue more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll talk about that here uh, in a little bit. The dispensationalism also believes in the, liter- the literal grammatical approach, meaning that all scripture and all interpretation of scripture Um, should take into consideration history, let scripture interpret itself, and always read it literally unless the context tells us otherwise. And so they put this huge Mm -hmm. emphasis on if God says something, we should take that literally unless God tells us otherwise. Because if God told us something and he meant for us to take it allegory, you know, take it as an allegory, then who's to to say what it means? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's kind of the idea Behind and, that. and and to jump in on that, I think one of the strong suits for dispensationalism is they've always had just a real high view of the authority of Scripture, and um, just and it's inerrancy, it's that's a closed canon, complete work. It's the Word of God. Um, not to say that others haven't, but as other kind of tribes have wavered in that, dispensationalists have held true to that. Having said that. I think that it's, you can say confidently, even um, covenantal theologians who, who disagree with dispensationalism still hold to that truth that Scripture isn't errant. It's the Word of God. And where they would push back on that and say, well, we, we are believing that this is God's Word too. We're just interpreting it a little different. And that's the struggle, um, you know, whereas a dispensationalist would say, no, you're, you're actually not giving that, that text its true worth. You're you're making more of an allegory out of it. It's not allegorical in nature. It's literal. Take it literally. And there's some of that kind of back and forth. So you talked about how the just that, this analogy of, of a rug, of timeline of humanity, and God's kind of rolling it out and seeing more and more of who he is and, and how he's working. Um, big picture, it has a lot to do with the nation of Israel. And you talked a little bit about that premillennial stuff and, and the reign of Christ, but also here and now. Um, do you, is the difference that, hey, that's two completely separate groups, Israel, the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, and the church, are they together? Do they overlap? And what's the relationship with those? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, first, let me uh, just define the, the distinction mm-hmm. behind dispensationalism. Uh, they hold that the promises made to Israel will be fulfilled in Israel. Mm-hmm. So, just as Romans 9 through 11 would teach, uh, is what dispensationalists would say, uh, they'll make the, distinct, the, the distinction between the church and Israel. 
And so the idea here, and I had a dispensationalist tell me this once. They said, if I had promised my beloved wife that I would marry her, but then I married someone else, could it be said that I fulfilled my promise? And so the idea there is that uh, same salvation through grace, through repentance, Mm -hmm. trust in, in the work and person of Christ, uh, the walls of hostility between Jew and Gentile has been broken down. There's there's just one new man in Christ, whether Jew or Gentile. Um, that's all there. The only difference is is difference in future. The distinction is is that God in the Old Testament, uh, when He said, "I have made a promise to Israel," in in the promises that He gave, that He will fulfill those. Mm. In the end in, times. In a very literal way. So in a very literal not way. Not just like the people of Israel, but very much the nation state of Israel. As we know today, so 1948, Israel becomes a nation. If you are a dispensationalist, that's a huge piece to your eschatology, that the nation, they now have borders again. They're now a nation again. And that's the beginning of what you can see the Lord coming and, and, and having his reign there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Yeah. And a lot of... um. You know, a lot of a lot of Jews are still uh, awaiting mm-hmm. this this Messiah, this King, and uh, uh, we can even see, uh, especially through Romans nine through eleven, um, that that there will be a time when Israel is restored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that there's that just kind of the, the difference. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's just again, is that just the church, or is that the actual? nation state of israel or is it the church and the people of israel so yeah that's good yeah um uh another distinction um in dispensationalism is that the the overall purpose purpose they would say is the glory of god they would say that's the overarching theme um so to the dispensationalist the saving program of god is not only the program or even the unifying program um, that, that, that God is saving people, but it's only one of the means that God is using for the total program of glorifying himself. So salvation in and of itself is not the end, but it's just a means of glorifying God for an eternity. And so they see that as the overarching theme. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, Dispensationalists uh, affirm the necessity as well for for Jews to receive Jesus as Messiah, mm-hmm. while also stressing that God has not forsaken those who are physically descendants of Abraham through Isaac. So they claim that God made an unconditional covenant with Israel as a people and nation uh, through Abraham um, and and even into the new covenant. Um, so that's kind of uh, some of the, the major distinctions of dispensationalism. Now, the, the, the common question, um, and Rob even said this before, is, is how many dispensations? That's, mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. in that, the, the dispensation realm, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of con- controversy. Yeah. I would say, I think the safest answer is to say some. <laughs> there's some there's some. Uh, some say seven some say eight some say much more than that oh wow um there's uh a big group that say four uh but the most the most significant and i would say the the majority would would stand on seven okay that's what they would say yeah um the the criticism uh real quick that that dispensationalism does receive is it's late establishment 
meaning that it came in the 19th century. Yeah, so a lot yeah. of people say, well, this is new. Yeah, and Why? I've heard that very thing. And you addressed it a little bit earlier, yes. but but keep, right. keep going. But I have heard that criticism. Right. And so that's, that's, um, that is a good question to ask. Um, but, however, uh, just because it's not old doesn't mean it's right. And just because it's new doesn't mean it's wrong. Um, the argument could be made, well, baptismal regeneration uh, is came from, from 2nd AD, you know, and uh, it doesn't mean that it's right. Uh, but but dispensationalists would say that the... Well, I, just to clarify, yeah. but baptismal regeneration, 2nd AD, to, what are you talking about? Just so people know. Yeah, so, um, like, for example, uh, baptismal regeneration... Uh, came up came about and was popular and was created and established in second ad and in that doctrine second that, century yes in second century yeah, yeah. the doctrine yeah. is that the regeneration is at baptism yeah. so it puts a high view on baptism you almost your salvation's on baptism rather than in christ and faith alone which would be like church of christ some mm-hmm. i mean some yeah. would say catholics yeah kind of yeah so, but anyway, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. And that's so, a, that's a, that's a, a heresy. Yes. Say. Right. Right. And so it's just the argument being, being said that just because it's, it's not old doesn't mean it's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the other way around. But, um, again, they would say that the, the idea and interpretation was always there. It just wasn't established and called a system, uh, yeah. until, uh, John Nelson Darby. Yeah. Yeah. Some really good and really helpful distinctions there. I, I like what you said about how, like, the... And, and a lot of things that you said, like that... I was going to say that illustration that you gave of the rug being unfolded out of God progressively revealing himself. And I think even covenant theolo- theologians would say something similar. I know progressive covenantalism would, too. I, I can't totally speak for the other ones. But, like, then to make the distinction of, like, hey, where the, re- where the, where the real crux of the issue is is the end times. And there's some mm-hmm. different nuances in there, some different distinctions throughout the way. Um, but as you guys can see, is that there is going to be a lot of overlap in these things. And so just because somebody is a dispensationalist and somebody else is a covenant theologian or somebody else's new covenant or somebody else's progressive covenantism or somebody else's progressive dispensation or somebody, I mean, you can name them all, that that is not something to necessarily divide over. Rick and I, um, actually, I don't know if the episode, I think the episode will come out after this one, but it's on theological triage. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this is not a first tier or this is not a first-tier doctrine mm-hmm. where... Or second. Or even a second, exactly. There, there are going to be people in bulk of churches that are going to disagree on this thing, and yeah. they're still going to stand shoulder to shoulder and worship Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior together. And, and typically the, the leadership of that church will be unified in that, but mm-hmm. the church as a whole, I mean, every person doesn't necessarily hold all that. But yeah. yeah second, third tier, probably. Yeah, and I, think, and I think a lot of it is because a lot of people just haven't thought about this. I think it was mm-hmm. D.L. Moody who said that there's so little spiritual growth because there's so little study of the Bible. Mm. Yeah. And so... And he was a dispensationalist. Yeah, Moody Moody Bible Institute is a very dispensational school, and so is Dallas Theological Seminary, and then you're currently going to... Uh, Grace Christian University. And you say Rapids, they are too. Michigan, yeah. Yep. And a uh, yep. little shout-out, Grace, so you should be uh, flipping the bill for uh, Jimmy's tuition there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You don't have to, you know, guys don't have to throw us a sponsor or anything like that. Just cover the rest of Jimmy's tuition. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so guys, dig into it. Look deep into these things. Don't just take Jimmy's word for it. Don't just take our word for it. But be digging deep into these things because you should have some kind of understanding, some kind of opinion on it because it is a framework for understanding what the text says. And you could say, oh, I don't have a framework. I, I just read the Bible and I do what it says. Even that's a framework. 
Right. Okay. So you, you should be digging deep into what these different frameworks are so you can try to line up which one you feel is most consistent with the text. And I'm not saying that as like, all oh, just go with your feelings because neither one of these things, the differences are not going to be gospel issues. Mm-hmm. So go with the one that you feel is most faithful to the text. Well, and, and, and on that, most people don't, um, most people in just mainline pro- or evangelical churches probably are more dispensationalist. That has become very, very popular the last 150 years. Yes, yeah. And, and so you hear guys, um, like uh, Chuck Swindoll, Dallas guy, um, David Jeremiah, these guys, Michael Youssef, and the phenomenal Bible teachers on the radio and stuff, and you listen to them, and they talk about, they talk a lot about the nation of Israel, and you know, that God, that's God's people, and He's going to bless them, and He's going to fulfill these prophecies. And anytime someone's talking like that, there's a good chance they're dispensationalist. Isn't bad. It's just knowing, hey, like. Okay, that makes sense. They're dispensationalist. Yeah. I mean, so um, there's probably a lot of people who who didn't even know what this word meant, and as they get into it, they're gonna be like, "Yeah, this is probably where I land." Mm-hmm. It's not where I land. Yeah. I don't think, um, and uh, that's okay. Yeah, exactly. It's where it's totally where uh, Jim lands and totally where Rob, Rob lands. <laughs> not exactly. Rob's a hyper. Yeah. He's hyper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Jim, any any additional comments before we wrap up? Um, yeah, just on the note, um, again, I am working through this. I am not uh, confident enough yet to say that I am uh, a dispensationalist, but I'm working through it. I'm working through it in the scriptures. Um, I am uh, seeking God in this. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would just encourage you again to uh, get in the Word and uh, do some digging and uh, look up more about it as yeah. well. So you mentioned that book by Charles Ryrie, Dispensationalism Today. Any other additional resources? We mentioned the Ryrie Study Bible. Yeah. Anything additional? I mean, that, that we have Charles Ryrie there. He's just a, a very prominent dispensational theologian yeah. that, that produced a lot of material. So if yeah. you do want to get a good grasp of it, he would be a helpful resource. Is anybody else popping to mind? John MacArthur's what he calls, he labels himself as a leaky dispensationalist. Yeah. So anyone else on there? Um, you could look up some of uh, uh, Darby's, okay. John Nelson Darby's yes, uh, stuff. I haven't gotten to him yet okay um so i'm not uh too confident in promoting him but yeah, no. but he is the uh he's known as the father of dispensationalism so okay. he'd be probably a good resource yeah there you go. cool and we'll put links to some of these resources in the show notes guys so if you're interested feel free to go over there check it out check check rick check pulls it out. out man hey always enjoy uh getting together and doing a podcast so glad jim jimmy that you have been able to join us the last two episodes um maybe as we get down the road you can come on back and Share some more of your heart, your wisdom, your insight. Um, Give us some updates on Lazarus Life. Yeah, Lazarus Absolutely. Life. Again, Ministries. Yeah. Uh, LazarusLife.org yeah. is the is website. It, is it Lazarus Life Ministries? La- the website's LazarusLife.org, Lazarus but the, the full name is Lazarus Life Ministries. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah so go to LazarusLife.org. You can check out Jimmy Alexander's ministry there, connect there. As always, we enjoy connecting with you guys. You can check out our website, simpletheology.org simpletheology.org and uh, we're on social media Facebook, Twitter you can sort support us on Patreon again we still do this thing with Audible where if you go to audibletrial.com slash simpletheology and sign up through there you will get a, a full month free a full book you will get a, a kickback financial support there and you get a free book if it works out great if it doesn't you can cancel and everyone's still happy also head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review love to hear from you guys Please request more episodes. Um, sometimes Rob and I sit around and think, what do we want to talk about? What do we want to talk about? 
And the best stuff is when you guys send us what you want to hear. So we appreciate that. Appreciate you guys. Peace. Peace out, Jimmy. Say goodbye. Bye, guys. Bye. See ya.